0: now from the Sunbury Motors studio here's Steve Jones today's show is brought to you by Sunbury Motors 4th Street in Sunbury Sunbury Motors Kia routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com great new inventory Ford Lincoln Kia Sunbury Motors also has Hyundai that great great warranty Maybe your budget says pre-owned inventory. They have the best selection of pre-owned inventory anywhere. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Ryan Snyder in a few moments, but first, our play-by-play call of the day.
1: Clears it to center ice where Shattenkirk is there to intercept and sweep it back in. Corpusalo connects with Savard around the far side. Not out. Kuchov in front. Point.
2: Score! 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 Brayden Point again! And
0: the Lightning win it! They win the series! They win game five!
3: Five, 5-4 in overtime! Wow!
0: Dave Michigan as only Dave could call an overtime game winner, joined by... The voice of reason Phil Esposito <laughs> at the end there. <laughs> uh, oh, Dave. He's passionate. Yeah, I love the passion. And uh they avenge last year's loss to to Columbus in the opening round by winning the opening round this time in five games. Flyers lost last night, still up three games to two. Uh Tampa Bay leads the Yankees, bottom of the eighth inning, eight to five. The Phillies have already lost game one of a doubleheader to Toronto 3-2. NBA, Houston leads Oklahoma City um, 35-30 at the end of the first quarter. Houston up a game to none. Miami beat Indiana earlier today 109-100, and the Heat now lead the series two games to none. All right. The effect of recruiting, that's see, you know, we heard Dave Michigan. It wasn't like we were listening to Ricky Ricardo, who's the Spanish language voice of the Yankees, so he's working right now. He's also the Spanish language voice of the Eagles. We think Ricky is brilliant. We've had him on the show, and he's been not just a good guest, an awesome guest. Another awesome guest is Ryan Snyder. From Rivals.com and Blue White Illustrated Ryan, great to have you with us As always on the show
1: oh. <laughs> Learned something else today About who the uh, Yankees announcer is now Thank you, Steve
0: Spanish language
1: Spang- Spanish language, sorry yep. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: John Sterling's still there What's hey, going on? Well, he said to me I remember we are doing the pinstripe ball. I'll give you John Sterling's But this is great Is it pointed through the field? Yeah. All right, so
1: <laughs> I remember I, I remember seeing you in the booth. I was, yeah. we were like, I guess next to you guys, just looking right over. It was kind of remind me of the spikes booth, but a lot bigger. But never mind. Go on.
0: Yeah, no, and except it was you know behind the goalposts. So I mean, I yeah. could I could see the extra points really good.
1: Yeah, it was nice.
0: Uh, your uh, any takes from you from uh, what James Franklin said today?
1: You know, I didn't get to watch the whole thing. Uh, Nate was watching, uh, taking care of most of it. I was. Uh, Doing a recruiting call with a with a parent at the time, but you know, pretty much what I expected, right? I mean, it's it's unfortunate. Uh, they they had great plans in place; it, those plans appeared to be working, and then the rug got pulled out from underneath them. Uh, so I think James made that clear. He's made that clear, obviously, for you know, past week or so now in, in different ways. But uh, you know, it's pretty much what I expected. I, I I think fans still praying and having their fingers crossed that uh, there will be a, a Big Ten season in the fall is pretty much just that. It's you know, all you can do is cross your fingers, but I don't, I don't see it happening. But um, you know, aside from that I just hope hope they get this twelve hour thing figured out. Uh James was pretty vocal about that. He didn't like that. And uh, you know, he had a lot a lot of good things to say about how, you know, a lot of other conferences have their hand in that and it's it's not fair to the Big Ten and, and the Pac 12 teams, especially those that didn't really want this decision. So we'll see what comes with that. Uh but most importantly I just hope they figure out what to do here in the winter or the spring because uh, a lot of people, including myself, my own company, and, and others, yourself included, uh, would love to see some football here at some point. It's, it's kind of needed in some ways.
0: Yeah, no doubt. All right, so in talking with uh, various recruits, obviously, the, you know, now this doesn't affect their clock in any way, but does it affect their perception of what's going on?
1: Not not yet. You know, I think I think if games actually take place elsewhere, uh, and especially if the NCAA does roll back the dead period, maybe like in November, uh, I'd be surprised if it happened in October. But if they did do it at the end and, and recruits could, you know, maybe go to an iron bowl or something like that, I, I think it I think it would maybe impact some things. But for the most part, no. Uh, recruits still understand that Penn State is a, uh, is a Goliath in, in the college football world. Same with Ohio State, Michigan. You know, I would be curious to see, and I don't have a, a good enough feel for it just because I focus on Penn State, but maybe if some guys who are looking at the Purdue's of the world, or maybe a little more interested in, you know, the Wake Forest, or the Vanderbilt's of the world, you know, that kind of level of a, a mid-tier uh, FBS kind of recruit, uh, just because of, You know, there's always the perception that you know the SEC just has a bigger following than some of maybe the mid-tier Big Ten schools. But you know, from Penn State's point of view, no, it really hasn't impacted those guys. I mean, they they understand that this is a decision that was out of you know, at least Franklin and his staff's hands, uh, and you know that, that this really didn't impact them much. And you know, some of them, I've actually talked to one or two that if everything falls in place with the early enrollments, they kind of like it because they feel like they could maybe get two seasons for one. And I, I don't think it'll really work out that way, but I've actually heard more of the opposite where it's, you know, kind of like, wow, you know, if I could get there in January, you know, I have the chance to maybe not play that first season, but, you know, really impress on that, on the scout team and then come fall, maybe make a, make an impact. So I've heard more of the opposite than anything.
4: Okay.
0: That's interesting. Uh Which then brings it to the next part. Um, We do know that when Clemson played Alabama, uh, the first time Deshaun Watson was a quarterback, and Alabama won the game. Because of when Alabama's spring semester begins, which is a couple of days after New Year's, Mm -hmm. Jalen Hurts, as a true freshman, was allowed to be at practice and impersonate Deshaun Watson for the championship Mm -hmm. game. Have you heard anything about the possibility of early enrollees being allowed to play spring football?
1: Oof. I wish I had that answer. <laughs> I think James Franklin wishes he had that answer. I think there's a lot of guys that wish they would. Uh, obviously, that's going to get worked out with time. Um, I think I think a lot of guys are optimistic about that, and, and they would like for that to be the case. Personally, I just would be surprised if... They're not forced to to sit that out the first year. Maybe they can scout team, you know. But but mm-hmm. even that, I, I'd kind of be surprised. It, this is this is what's messed up about it, though. And I think you, a lot of people that follow recruiting and understand scholarship counts and all that, is is how does this work then if if the ACC and these other conferences don't play in the spring because now all of a sudden uh, there's a big discrepancy in numbers and 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 if. if I think this is something the Big 10 really kind of did not think about and they could maybe hand tie themselves in some way uh moving forward. So it's a lot of things got to get worked out. I think Sandy kind of described the other day that she's on committees that are working to figure some of that yes. stuff out. Yep. But but it but it feels like to me this is some pretty complicated stuff or not maybe not. Maybe I'm overthinking it a little bit, but you know, she she was mentioning you know, maybe a week or two that we could have some answers, not all of them, but even yeah. some and concepts yeah. to me i just, i just i hope they don't rush it either because uh it felt like the decision to cancel it was rushed, and uh you know this next decision is is monumental in so many ways it, it I, I but I, one thing I'll add though is i I would be really surprised if they would hurt or impact seniors you know coming into college i mean to me you know, these guys have already put in the credits have already pretty much finished, you know, their, their high school careers, you know, to then say, Oh, well, you guys can't come early. You got to wait till June. Well, then what do they do for four five, six months at home? You know, to me, that would, I'd be, would be very really surprised if, you know, they said, Hey, no, you, you can't come and and start taking college credit on a scholarship too. But, you know, maybe it's some kind of auxiliary scholarship for a couple months and they don't count against football. It's just, there's so many questions there. And, um, hopefully we'll get the answer soon but again i just i hesitate just hopefully they don't make it too soon and they really think it all out
0: uh who have you been in contact with what kind of reads are you getting
1: as far as 2022 2021 a little bit of everything I a little bit of everything <laughs> well 2021 is again it's going to be a smaller class so it's down to i don't know four or five scholarships well maybe a little more than that we we I think today it kind of projects as like an 18-19. And, you know, there's so many unanswered questions there, too, with so many little seniors. But uh, we're, we're looking, I guess, or I'm paying attention to Diego Pounds, who's an offensive lineman out of North Carolina. Uh, he's been leaning towards Penn State for a little while now, or at least we believe so. Uh, although North Carolina did offer him recently, and anyone that's followed recruiting knows that uh, Matt Brown and his staff are pretty hot right now. So that's curious to watch. But that's also an in-state school who ignored this young man for a while and then tried to come in late and steal him away. So we'll see what happens. He's kind of waiting, holding off. Um, You know, there's another player, of course, Nolan Rucci and Derek Davis, the the two Pennsylvania prospects. Both kind of seem to have their heels dug in and and don't seem to be in a rush. With that said, you know, I, I get the impression that maybe Rucci would make a decision before Davis and that's mainly just because, you know, I think his family, of course, Todd, his father is a Penn State alum and, you know, knows college football and, and played in the NFL. He understands at least, I think, the dead periods and the way college recruiting calendars work. And it, and it feels like, you know, visits aren't coming anytime soon. he have been to Wisconsin enough. His brother plays for Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. They've been to Penn State enough where they can maybe make this decision here. Um I don't want to say this month, but maybe next. We'll, we'll see. It's just tough to say. I, I just I get the impression they're closer, at least, uh, than Derek Davis. The good thing with Derek Davis is that uh, we feel pretty good that Penn State's in the lead right now. Uh, don't want to rule out Ohio State sure. or LSU or some other good schools, but he would be a major major pool. The Penn State needs to get him. So 2021 can end with a with a pretty good um, splash, but there's just so many kids out there who are, are really. Um, just undecided. Like I feel like they really want to make a move right now, but they're just scared to. If that makes sense.
0: What is the dead period? This extended dead period done for uh, decision making by young people.
1: Yeah, scared them <laughs> because they don't they don't want to be the one that makes a decision and then a month later. Because this, let me clarify: this dead period has been rolled over every month. So yeah. this last one was rolled over on August 11th or 12th, I believe, and now it runs until September. And it'll probably be the same again next time. So we'll learn about October around September 11th, 12th, well, somewhere in that range. And so with it, with it being a rolling calendar, I guess you want to say, whatever you want to call it, uh, these guys are hesitant to be the one who makes the decision this month and then look silly when the following month you are allowed to take visits then. And, uh, you know, they want to open things up again and and take those trips. So it's just just forced a lot of players who already wanted to make decisions either during their season or late in the summer to just hit the brakes and and wait as long as possible. Now, what I think will be very interesting with that is if we get a flood of decommitments at the end too, uh, it could really mix some things up. But, you know, to me, I guess I'm torn on one thing because – the dead period, it feels like during the NCAA's last announcement, you know, they, they admitted that the coaches don't want visits right now, and that's something I've been kind of pinning on for a little while now. And it, it's simple because the coaches need to focus on their players the most. And it makes sense. The coaches or the players were gone for a couple months. They just got them back. You know, now that that's changing in the Big 12 uh, and the Pac-12, and if it were to change down south, could they potentially open it up then uh, to recruits because recruits won't be interacting with with current players. It'll be, you know, a bit more safer, I guess, because you you don't have the the worry of impacting a, a college football season that you know is making billions of dollars. So I, I'm curious to see November. That's kind of the month I have circled right now. Sure. Uh, you know, they'll 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 get through early September and try and play maybe, and because of that, they'll they'll force the the dead period back. But if something were to happen and, and those other conferences don't play. I think it actually helps recruits potentially get on campus because again they're they're worried about a kid flying in from Arizona to Penn State, getting everybody sick, and then you know that costs Fox and ABC and all these teams, you know, money when, when they have to cancel these games. All
0: right. Uh, when you look at Penn State's current list of verbals, you and I both know that when somebody verbals James is adamant with them. This is your decision. Okay, are you sure doesn't mean it's going to be steadfast and in the end always work as we as we as we know, but he really harps hard on are you sure when you look at Penn State's verbals, do you feel like it's a that it is a solid commitment group in terms of yeah when you've talked to them you don't see any waiver in them
1: no, I really do um. Of course, not I say that, there will be somebody who who backs out. Sure, here. Well, no, two, I, understand, but, uh, I
0: understand, but in general,
1: but I really do. Uh, you know, the, the guy I think a lot of people were maybe wondering about was Jalen Reed, uh, defensive back out of Detroit, and, and that was just earlier on. Um, Michigan State was really making a hard push there, and you know, people up in that region, you know, were kept kind of suggesting that you know, if the dead period opens up uh he'll be interested in taking a visit well you know months have gone on then Uh, since then of course you know it it feels like from what i understand there's less talk there um between michigan state and reed and and reed publicly has said obviously nothing but the right thing you know he's actually been adamant on twitter in recent recent weeks about like people need to to knock that talk off so we'll see i mean it it comes from a, a you know legit sources i guess you would say i mean there there was certainly some interest from michigan state and from everything i've been told there you know was interest on both sides but he said all the right things and i have no reason to question him uh no, i what i will say is now there's a bunch of 2022 commitments in recent weeks you know a few of those players holding states hasn't been able to visit um you know just just something to keep an eye on down the road but uh, states i will to counteract that, you know, he has a really good relationship with Bowen. I think Bowen has been yeah. the uh, kind of the MVP on this. He's,
0: he's, he's one of the stars He's yeah. one of the of recruits. He's no getting around it. He's one, yeah, he's yeah, definitely he's, he's definitely one of them. There are many, but he's one of them. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, you know, I always kind of say at least when people ask me that, you know, Cider has the harder job, you know, trying to pull in kids from Florida up to Penn State, uh, but you know the. I guess the, the tentacles that, that uh, Bowen has spread throughout D.C. And, and, and Baltimore have really given Penn State an in, in so many schools. Yeah. But, but we'll see. I mean, again, I, I want to give him credit with, with that State's commitment because I, on Rivals, we have him as a three-star right now. And I think uh, Thomas, he's been doing a, a good job on our – film breakdowns Would tell you he's a heck of a player and right. pretty underranked right now. So we'll see if we can get him moved up uh, in the coming months.
0: Uh, very quickly here, uh, there are new coaches in the conference, like Greg Schiano at Rutgers, Mel Tucker at, at Michigan State, second year from Mike Loxley. Have they made inroads, or has this been a roadblock for them?
1: Definitely a roadblock. Uh, you know, Loxley's doing okay. Loxley's always been a good recruiter. Yeah. Um, but, again, you know, that, it, that face-to-face interaction, especially with, with Maryland, who's really put money into facilities, um, no, I've you know, seen, that, I've seen them. Yeah, yeah, they're legit. Um, what was the old arena called there?
0: Uh, Cole Cole House.
1: Yeah, I mean that's a heck of a facility. Now uh, they put a really good money into that. Uh, you know, Shiano again, he has that first year. You know, head coach excitement. You know, he's going to pull in guys, and, and if you look at the rating, Rutgers is actually pretty good. I mean, I believe they're top twenty five, but if you also understand the ratings they they have a lot of players committed a lot of you know three star kids and i don't want to talk down on three stars i mean there's going to be no, some no, kids no. in that group that really yeah, go you on you
0: can accumulate like, you can accumulate a lot of points if you're if oh, you yeah. if you're getting verbals early cuz the points add up i know what you're talking exactly. about
1: exactly yeah yeah so they'll probably finish you know upper second half which is really good for Rutgers. let's let's be let's call it what it is i mean they're doing a good job there but it's always like that with the, that first year second year you know you, you get that bump uh you get that excitement but then you got to prove it on the field and, and Maryland's really they're in the crosshairs this year you know because of that you know they they landed some great players last year Raheem Jared of course the five-star wide receiver you know now they have to produce um so that'll be interesting uh with Mel Tucker I mean it's kind of the same with Michigan State you know they always get those underrated guys from the you know Midwest Michigan yes. a couple couple areas who mm. kind of go under the radar with scouting uh and then you know it it the difference is, you know, D'Antonio was always able to kind of produce them. Will Tucker be able to produce them? Right. Only time will really tell. But, I mean, they're all doing an okay job. Uh, but but make no mistake, I mean, having this, what are we on now, five months of, of not being able to interact in person? Yeah. Uh, when you're a new coach and you're trying to sell yourself and a new program, a new image, uh, not being able to do that in person with all your support staff with you, it, it makes an impact, and it's hurt Penn State as much as almost anyone. I'll, I'll put that out there because of just how good of a recruiter James is, especially with families and, and friends and coaches and all that.
0: Well, and that's one of the keys. When you're recruiting at a high level like James Franklin is, when you're going after like high threes, fours, and some fives along the way, and you have the ability to develop them up one or two stars like they have, mm-hmm. see, that's the difference, I think, yep. in the end. Ryan, thank you so much. Appreciate you very much and the great work you do.
1: Hey, guys, take care. Appreciate you. Take care.
0: Ryan Snyder, Blue White Illustrated and com. Back with more in a moment. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is The Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, great new inventory. And maybe the budget says pre-owned inventory. Can't can't do any better than Sunbury Motors on pre-owned inventory. Fabulous. Great deals, fabulous sales staff. They think about you. And the service department takes care of the life of the vehicle. All at Sunbury Motors, Fourth Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes Eleven and Fifteen, and Hummel's Wharf. Uh, Tampa Bay beat the Yankees today, ten to five. The Yankees flag at the Catrillo Homestead at half
4: mast. Yeah. Definitely. And here's another thing. Now, listen, I, I think Aaron Boone has done a nice job for the most part since he's taken over um, here. But I would hope you'd say that. He speaks, you. he speaks highly of you.
0: He speaks highly of you.
4: I mean, but this lineup makes zero sense. He's got Mike Tauchman in the three-hole, then Urshela four, Labor Torres, five, then Estrada, Gardner, Frazier, Kratz, and Wade. Talkman in the three-hole, I just don't understand at all. I would be putting Luke Voigt in the three-spot, Urshela second, Torres cleanup, and Moe Frazier a little more up in the lineup, probably even fifth or sixth at this point. There's no way Tochman should be three and Estrada should be six in the lineup. I'm sorry. But that's you
0: sorry me. about the lineup, or you sorry you said it?
4: <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry about the lineup.
0: The uh, Phillies lost the opening game of a doubleheader, seven innings each, to Buffalo, 3-2. to two. Game two on Eagle 107 is underway. It is scoreless in the top of the first, but the Phillies have runners on first and second. James Harden is uh, one for seven in threes, and Houston's losing. Fifty to forty-seven, three minutes ago, first half in Orlando. So there you go. Miami already won over Indiana today, leave the series two games to none. See, part of this mark, when I'm working this show, no matter whom I've worked the show with, there are moments where I take on the role of sports psychologist. <laughs> And you can now tell why, Mark. And you can tell why, Mark. I feel like uh, Dr. Fraser Crane. um, I'm listening. (laughs) I'm listening. (laughs) All right. Great to have you with us on the show today. The... uh, they're trying to get everything squared away in the hours that can be utilized during the course of the week for non participating teams in the fall. Right now they're settled on 12. I think that's wrong. Should be 20. Should be 20. Simple as that. Let them just keep working. They're safer there than anywhere else. You know, I, when I heard people say that originally, I was like, well, yeah. But then when you realize the protocols, doctors around, trainers around, You've heard uh, you've heard about myocarditis and so forth and large hearts. You know, it, it, sometimes it's caught gets caught in a, in a physical. Penn State had two players in that uh, vein two years ago. In a physical, the you know this is a uh, you know, Georgia State's quarterback is. Uh, enlarged and effective heart. They say it's from COVID nineteen. Well, I mean, it's what that's what Hank Gather said. That is, and there's no doubt it's one of the causes. But there's, as I pointed out several times, there are multiple causes. It doesn't take much to sit there and. And research it and read it. The uh, SEC is moving along. Uh, Georgia, Alabama, Auburn, all say they're going to have fans, not just play the games, they're going to have fans. I mean, we have. And I just anybody... saw from Brett
4: McMurphy today, Steve, that Florida State is going to allow tailgating.
0: Yeah. I mean, the last time I heard anybody brag about fans, it was the suit. And I was like, you yeah. so I said, well, show me the fans. And I heard golf applause like he made a par on 17. I wasn't overwhelmed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. we got to work the suit in here from time to time. you got to work them in. The jacket and the tie. As he points out, he is the straw that stirs the drink here. You know, even though I prefer mind shaken not stirred. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you people are awful. This is his big week. This is the Indy 500 week. So let's open up the phone lines and see if we can get the predictions from everybody as to who's going to win.
4: <laughs> Hello? Hello. <laughs> Is this thing on? Hello. <laughs>
0: it's our guy. It's our guy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We do need to get his prediction on who's going to win here at some point. I think it would. I think it would be good for his soul.
4: Don't you think? (laughs) We can try to work on that. We can try to make that happen tomorrow.
0: No, I think it would be good for his soul just to get him on here to predict who's going to win the Indy 500. Now, I will point out there are some advantages for you and me. The last time we asked him to come on and make a prediction, the answer was so long, I actually left and got a bite to eat. (laughs) Terrific. (laughs) What? (laughs) I'm just telling you, there are advantages to this. You don't realize. Happy for Buffalo. They won the first game of their doubleheader. Beat the Phillies. All right. A man with a baseball question. Who is the man? Who do we have? Who has the baseball question? What's your name, please? Where are you Dick. calling from? Hey, Dick. How are
2: you,
3: buddy? Hey, how are you, Steve? I'm doing well. I, Dick. I have right a question there. for you, and obviously, I know the uh, I know the uh, uh, Baltimore was playing at the uh, Buffalo uh, yesterday. Yeah. Uh, Oh, you, I heard you call them the. Uh, I forget the, what you call him, yeah, but you're of that. You the know, Buffalo obviously, Blue there's Jets. guys injured in baseball, and yeah. and you you probably have a better handle. Who do you think? Which team do you think in the playoff hunt is most affected by a player that opted out of not playing this season?
0: In baseball?
3: Yes, like in prof- there, are, there are guys. There's some superstars some really good baseball players opted not to play this season. So I'm asking you which which team that that, that has a, the best chance of making the playoffs is maybe is going to be hurt most by be, by their best ball player not or one of their best ball players opting out of this season I know that's so maybe a hard way to put it, but you understand my question
0: yeah, I understand your question so so, so somebody, uh, i would somebody say i, really I would say on the surface on the surface, I would say the Dodgers because you'd like to have David price in your rotation in a playoff situation where it takes a lot of pressure off everybody else. Plus David Price has already also shown the uh, willingness to pitch out of the bullpen and doesn't really care about his spot in the rotation in the postseason. So the Dodgers with David Price, because Kenta Maeda, for example, who's now with the twins, is pitching really, really well. So you don't have Maeda in the in the rotation. He's with the Twins. And I would say that it would be David Price of the Dodgers.
3: I mean, I was just curious. I know that guys who get injured, and the Yankees obviously have...
0: Oh, they have a bundle but, you of know, them. They
3: go through injuries like whatever, and they usually they have somebody that can fill in at, at a high level. It's just, it's just their form system. But I was just... Because I didn't keep track of everybody that said, I'm not playing this season. We had, what was the guy from the Mets? that said, I'm just going home. They, they had to go looking for him. He wasn't yeah, anywhere. Yes, yes, but I was yeah,
0: Cespedes. Kind of, But... But that's why I, I, know, often,
3: I guess at the end of the at the end of the year when they're getting ready for the playoffs, somebody will say, "Geez, I wish he'd have been in our, in our lineup." Yet, I guess it's and, and,
0: and I think it's I think it's David Price. Okay,
3: because again, kind of you,
0: when you get into a short series, your pitching becomes your starting pitching becomes so important. But then, because what Price did in twenty eighteen, where he said, "Look, I'll come out of the bullpen. I'll fill, fill in gaps here," he could have done the same thing for the Dodgers, especially with the fact that Maeda was traded to the Twins so they don't have that additional starter. So I think that's that's the team I think that would get hurt by an opt out. Now the Yankees are hurt if Judge is out for a period of time. I mean that's going to hurt them. And, you know, those are injuries, but in terms of opt outs, price would be the one I would think of right away.
3: I mean, I, every once in a while, I saw where somebody just decided not to play. But I really just didn't keep track of.
0: Yeah, well, look at Tuka who they, Rask,
3: who they, who they were. I mean, obviously Tuka,
0: Tuka Rask, the goalie for the Bruins. Right. Suddenly, right. in the middle of the bubble, it was a family situation. Now, what it is it has something to do with his daughter, and we don't know anything more than that. That's why he opted out. Uh, and he opted out because of the distraction of it. Uh but. Yeah, uh, I, I was would just, say that. Just
3: curious, I was, there, oh, yeah. I was just had I was just watching, looking at the scores and it brought the standings up, and I thought, you know, because I see who's 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 you know in every every division who's in first right now, and I thought, yeah, you know, come 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 the end of the time, I was just going to say, well, somebody might be hurt down the line by the somebody not being and, and, there. That's, that's that was just the only reason I mentioned. Yeah, and that's it.
0: and that's, and that's and that, I'm going to stick I'm going to stick with that because I think he is. He was acquired along with Mookie Betts for a reason. They acquired Betts for his bat and his defense, his smarts, but also Price is a guy that after going through a good portion of his career of not being a very good postseason pitcher developed into a great postseason pitcher that knows, knows how to close now.
3: Okay. That was just my question for today. Yeah. Thanks,
0: Dick. Appreciate it. Great to hear
3: from Thanks, you. Thanks, Steve. Yep. Bye.
0: All right. Now, if it's Matt man has a series of yankees that they cannot live without starting with gary sanchez
4: <laughs> that's a good one that's a good one
0: you just you're just so anti sanchez
4: just learn how to block the plate and i'll oh. be better suited for you
0: Ah, all we need now is an Indy five hundred prediction from the suit.
4: Yeah, we'll make Nor it more. happen tomorrow.
0: Oh yeah, no, and you, and you know what? Um, we've got uh, Bob Lombardi, Donnie Collins, the King. I'd say what five ten.
4: <laughs> we got a lot to squeeze in tomorrow.
0: I mean, the after show would be great. I always felt that's where he excelled. The after show, like when I listen to Shiklemy football and and, you know and the Chiefs on there getting it done, Dave's just getting it done, getting it done. I always felt like on the after show, Sue kind of took it to another level. Didn't you think that? Always. (laughs) We'll come back. (laughs) with more in a moment, brought to you by Sunbury Motors on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC Way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Subray Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza Sunbury and at SubrayMotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. It's the suit's home number. Um, All right. um, Okay. Uh, Let's go to Ken in Lewisburg. Ken, how are you? It's great to have you with us. Thanks for your patience.
2: Oh, not a problem. Thank you very much. I listen to your show quite a bit. I've never called in. But um, I, I had a question because... You had talked about recruiting and signs and all of those things for um, Penn State and so forth. I wonder what your opinion was about why it is so difficult to get recruited for baseball in our area.
0: It's a great. Uh, you mean in terms of like really good players in the valley, or just recruiting in yeah, general in,
2: in the in the valley? And why why would you have to spend thousands upon thousands of dollars in order to go yeah. to a school that only gives out 11 and a half scholarships yeah. or whatever it is for baseball. Yeah. Make sense?
0: That's an excellent, that's an excellent question, Ken, because you take somebody, for example, let's take Nick Dunn. All right, Nick Dunn out of Shickalemi. He eventually had, he went to Maryland, performed well at Maryland, ended up getting drafted by the Cardinals, and he's been trying to work his way up the Cardinals organization. Uh, the tough part is, is trying to get yourself uh recruited to play at a big time program. If you can do that, then if you can get yourself like Nick did to the Cape Cod League, wouldn't bat, scouts all over the place. It's interesting right. that it, it's it's interesting that I think there are a lot of really, really good ball players in the valley, just like there are a lot of really good ball players here. But over the years I've I've felt that the limit of on coaching staffs, and also the limit on scouting has, especially in this era of analytics and video, I think you need to see players to really get a feel for how good they really are. And I'm wondering well, in today's obviously have
2: board, a little bit of a personal thing to sure. it, um, which yeah. has been taken care of. But I was just curious. But keep going, I please. Mean, I, you
0: know, I, I think the part of it is the ability to see somebody in person. There seems to be less and less over time. I don't know if you found this, Ken, uh, I because mean, I like you loved your perspective. But it seems like you're seeing people less and less because people are cutting back on the scouting part of it and using more of the analytics and video part of it.
2: Yeah, Well, I have no problem saying my son was a four-year starter at the quarterback at Lewisburg. Wonderful. And he's moved on to Davidson. Uh, he just moved in. And he'll be trying out for a roster spot to pitch at Davidson, but um, he had turned down a number of different things, but he wasn't highly recruited because of where we live, and I, yeah. he did not we did not want to go do a thousand different showcases so right. I, that that's why I was asking
0: well like can I tell you something that's encouraging though, because of what uh, my broadcasting job at the state college spikes. You would have no, you have no idea, Ken. How many different now? Davidson's a decent sized school, obviously, and you know if it's good enough for Stephen Curry, it's good enough for your for your child. Uh,
2: <laughs> just, I would okay. say so, yes,
0: yeah. Uh, so, but the number of schools and many you've never heard of, even NAIa schools, community colleges. That's one thing about baseball. If you're good, my experience over time in the last 14, 15 years of doing State College Spikes baseball, and this includes you know, when they play Lowell, they play Staten Island, you know, whomever it may be, they'll find you. All he has to do is get himself a roster spot, Ken, and if he performs well, they'll find him. Because the the schools I see, when they give me the list, I'll say, okay, now where is that? And I'm pretty well versed on where most Morris colleges are until I start doing baseball you're like where in the heck is that they found no, well, you well that's
2: why I I wanted your opinion I mean we passed up a number of well not we he but um, they were smaller and they offered him football and baseball and all the sure. other stuff but I just don't understand the baseball recruiting process and, and my other son wrestles at Lehigh so it's not like I've not done this before
0: Right, um, and, and there you're dealing with. There,
2: yeah,
0: there you're dealing with nine point nine scholarships. So you completely understand partials, fulls, You know <laughs> the way they put the yeah. p- the puzzle together, and baseball is the same kind of puzzle. So you're you're well versed in it.
2: Very much so, and I appreciate you taking the time to take my call. Now, and,
0: and again, Ken, if the way major league baseball operates with the number of guys I see get drafted. From schools that many of us have never heard of. That's why I've always said if you're good enough, Major League Baseball, to their credit, they find you. So if he gets in there and gets his shot and he does well enough, I'm telling you, somebody will find him because they're looking all the time. Thank you. Thank you, Ken. Excellent, excellent question. You know, and there's, and you know, and something Ken talked about there. He says, "Look, I didn't want to take my my son to a thousand showcases." Well, a, you have no idea how much I respect that. I do. I respect that because there are a lot of people that pour a lot of time into one showcase after another, and after a while, I hope Ken's son does great—not well, but does great at Davidson and gets noticed. Baseball is constantly looking for people, constantly. My only problem with that would be the fewer minor league teams, which then might mean, obviously, fewer opportunities. We'll talk to you tomorrow with Donnie Collins.